San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Back here on the Blitz in Los Angeles for our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage brought to you in part by Texas Cheer Liquor. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm at Jason Minix. Hale Henches is joining us now. Now, he played in the NFL. He played at Alabama. He's now doing all the technology stuff that we always hear about with all the next-generation stats. And we'll get into some of that. But, dude, you played at Alabama. So, you know, all the guys in the league that are that, that were your teammates that, that you were a part of, what's it like being a part of that Alabama program? Uh, it's just been an incredible blessing. I mean, just to play with some of those guys who have had just such an impact on Alabama as a whole, but also in the NFL. I mean, was fortunate to play on teams that, you know, I think back to the 2016 team with that defense. I mean, I think every single player on that starting defense got drafted, uh-huh. is playing in the NFL, or has played in the NFL in some capacity. So, you know, just getting to experience that and getting to be around that greatness really helped my own game and, and really helped me carve my own path and learn what I need to do to be an effective player. But what's the atmosphere like around Alabama? Because when, when you think of Alabama and the, that football program, it's just like head and shoulders above everything. Is, it, is there a different atmosphere there that uh, almost NFL-like, I would think? Yeah, and that's, that's one thing I'm glad you mentioned that because I really do think that NFL-like culture leads to a smooth transition. So, you know, whenever scouts are here, they're at the combine, they're looking at players to get – it's no secret that Alabama guys make a smooth transition. You're seeing that with Mac Jones yeah. this year, right, or Trayvon Diggs, right? Yeah. I mean, guys who have just done an incredible job with transitioning into the NFL. And that culture really starts with Nick Saban and just that culture of accountability – winning, um, doing things the right way, and that's really something that he um, just preaches to all of us and to his coaches. He holds everyone to that same standard, and uh, that's that's really the culture that's that's brought forth there. What's Nick Saban really like? He is a fun-loving, caring player's coach. Now, when Well, I say, that sounds like the index card he hands everybody <laughs> when they leave, and they say, when somebody asks, what am I like, here's your answer. I, I've been trained to say that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, you You're know, like SEAL Team 6. <laughs> this is the answer. Boom. Exactly, exactly. And one thing that I would like to you know reiterate is sometimes there's a bit of a stigma around him that's, you know, he can be harsh or abrasive or whatever. But, you know, when I think of player's coach, I don't think of someone who's in the back of the bus, you know, joking around with the guys, saying, you know, let's just have fun or whatever he is a player's coach to the extent that he cares about our best interests so he's going to give us you know the best nutritionists the um the best facilities things like that to make sure that we have everything in our arsenal to be the the best we can all right go go back to you're you're a high school star in missouri Mm -hmm. nick saban is calling you Uh is there anybody else i mean when you think about how does he get all the players it's because it's nick saban yeah yeah and i think what he does a great job of is you know whether it's missouri or Texas or, you know, California. He does a good job of going in and handpicking guys that he really wants, and it makes it really hard for the, the local schools there, whether it's Texas A&M or University of Missouri, to lock down their borders and really keep him out because he can, he can take whoever he wants. And that's the, <laughs> you know, that's the, the benefit that he has, and it certainly worked on me. I mean, I knew when he came calling, that was one of the, like, you know, dream you know, destination schools. I knew if I had a chance to play that, I was going to seriously consider, and it made sense, and I was sold. I don't know, man. I picture Nick Saban sitting in his office with his feet up, and it uh-huh. just says he's got a line out the door of five-star athletes, right? Yep. You said, okay, next, 
next? That's not how it is? <laughs> no, you know, I, I really think he does a good job of um, targeting the guys he wants. You know, obviously they can they can get whoever, but it, you got to be a good fit. You know, they, we get guys like Trayvon Diggs and Mac Jones and, and Jalen Hurts, guys who are big character guys. That's one of the first and foremost things that he does um, is really recruit character. And then, you know, the, the player, the ability comes after that. And he does a really good job of being really transparent. So like, you hear all kinds of recruiting pitches and things like that. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, everything's kind of changing with the NIL and things like that. But, you know, whenever I was getting recruited, it was, you know, here's what you're going to get a chance to do. You're going to get a chance to play for national championships. You're going to get a great degree and you're going to get uh, an opportunity to play in the NFL. And all those things were true. And he was very transparent. He wasn't promising that I was going to start right away or anything like that. He laid it out and that's what it was. And you had offers from everybody as, as, as a four-star recruit coming out of Missouri, right. including Texas. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll forgive that. Yeah. But, <laughs> and, and, you know, you're blocking for guys like Derrick Henry and, you know, you played there for, you know, a, a lot of years. So I think about all the stars now that were your former teammates. And, you know, you make it to the NFL. Uh, now you're doing the technology. How weird is it for you when you're studying the technology aspect yeah. of what you do with Zebra Technologies with guys that you know? Oh, I mean, it's just, you know, it really reveals a new layer of that relationship that we always had. You know, obviously, I know who they are on the practice field. I know who they are in the locker room. But now I really get to understand the data of, you know, they run this fast. Um, you know, this is uh, how far they ran in a practice. Or maybe this is, you know, some cool stat like Mac Jones's completion percentage over expected. Things like that. It really helps me understand, you know, not just the person, not just the player, but the complete player and person and really has provided a unique perspective. From, from a, a standpoint of a guy just sitting on his couch on a Saturday or Sunday watching and, and you flash these stats up, what does that do for me? Yeah, so what I think it does is we're really trying to create a culture of transparency and open up and unlock a new level of understanding for players, coaches, fans, and the like. You know, it really goes from um, football, which has been a very much unchanged sport for a long time, right? And it's, it's really been um, dominated by people who have done something a certain way for a really long time. And, you know, you see these teams who are really investing heavily in the data and what does that do for players. Um, and really, you know, what I think you're seeing now is, you know, different stats like Patrick Mahomes scrambling this much in the, in the Super Bowl. I mean, it really unlocks a new level of understanding. It takes the fan experience to a new level. Well, it does, and I think about next-gen stats, something that we've heard some this week, and as we get closer to the Super Bowl on Sunday, it's how fast can yeah. Burrow get rid of the football because he's going to have offensive line issues. If the Tennessee Absolutely. Titans can sack him nine times, the only way he yeah. survives this game and the Bengals have a chance is if he gets rid of the ball in a hurry. Yeah, so what are the yeah. next-gen stats saying that is a realistic yeah. uh, expectation for him to be able to Absolutely. do that? And those are some stats that are going to be very key in this game. I mean, you take a look at um, Joe Burrow. He's got the sixth fastest time to throw, meaning that he knows he needs to get the ball out fast. <laughs> and he just naturally does it because they do a lot of short dinks and dunks to Jamar Chase and they give him the ball in open space and also Jamar Chase right he's got um, you know um, two of the top 20 yards after catch over expected plays which means you know he gets the ball the data tells you that he's going to be tackled um, at five yards at 10 yards and he breaks and he goes all the way to the house so if I'm a Rams defender I know that we got to tackle him we have to keep him under wraps and I also know that we need to pressure Joe um, and that's certainly something that we see on the Rams side of the ball they are um, you know fairly high 
in the league with um, overall pressures and things like that. But also, you know, what we saw with Joe is he's been sacked the most times in the NFL, and it'd be interesting to see if they ratchet up that pressure, if they dial it up, and if he does, you know, it's really going to be um, troublesome for that offensive line. Is there a stat for the toughest guy in the NFL? Because if there is, it's got to be Joe Burrow. That's it. No, that's it. I think the the stat that plays to that the most is the fact that in 2019 they were two and 14, right? 2020 tears his ACL, comes back as a meteoric year, and they're in the Super Bowl. I mean, just that overall three-year stat right there, I mean, other than the sacks, right, is, is something that I think really lends to just the toughness, the character, the program that Zach Taylor's building over there. I mean, it's really impressive. I would think as a former blocking tight end, a specialist of blocking, you look at the tight ends and you go, you know what? The difference was from the Tennessee game to the Kansas City game, they started using two tight ends to block. Absolutely. And you saw, obviously, Uzuma got hurt, right? Yeah. And they had to bring in Mitchell Wilcox, Drew Sample, people like that. People who maybe hang their hat a little heavier on, uh, on blocking. And uh, what you're really going to see is probably a lot of chips from the tight ends. The running backs are going to have to get involved in the pass protection. And if they don't, I mean, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, they're pinning their ear back, ears back and they're coming after him. For you sure. got to hate both of these guys are going in, LSU and Georgia. <laughs> I mean, I would think you'd hate both of them. That was really funny because I remember in 2018, my senior season at Alabama, we played at Death Valley. We played Joe Burrow, who was a junior at the time. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think the score was like 29-0. to zero. I mean, they couldn't sniff a first down. You kick their ass. Right. And so, and then fast forward a year later, I'm gone. I mean, the NFL, a lot of that team is gone. And then Joe Burrow and LSU has an sensational turnaround, right? And they're a totally different team, different story, one of the best offenses in college football in recent memory. And, um, you know, just really goes to the, the testament of his progression. It's getting better and better, and you're seeing that now. Well, obviously, you were the difference. No, that, that is not the case. One one tight end who is who's doing primarily blocking and the occasional catch, I, I promise you, it was not the case. It was uh, Joe Burrow on that offense. I mean, you see Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. It's, it's crazy. How many catches did you have at Alabama? Yeah, so I was really a kind of more of a red zone threat and someone who would get the ball whenever people weren't expecting him to get the ball. So, you know, I think it was around 14 or so. And I had. And Come on, I man. You're say, a stat guy for a living. I you know your numbers. <laughs> That's what I would like to forget. But I will say, <laughs> out of those 14, six of them were touchdowns. There you so go. All right. There you go. Nice. Hale nice. Henson's joining us here on the Blitz. Obviously, we're a very Cowboys-centric radio station. I don't know how deep in the woods you have studied the Dallas Cowboys, but we debate quite a bit yeah. the effectiveness of Ezekiel Elliott. I yeah. mean, he is not the same running back that he was a couple of years ago, but he's a great blocker. You know, a lot of us debate, should Pollard get more carries? But he's not a good blocker. What do the numbers say? Are the Cowboys using those running backs correctly? Yeah, you know, I really think they are. And it's something that they obviously hung their hats very heavily on the passing attack this year. Obviously, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott played really well. And in the emergence of uh, someone who's another good friend, Dalton Schultz, he's played really well at tight end. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been great to see him get involved and, um, and do things like that. But, yeah, obviously, Tony Pollard's a great third down back. He does a really good job running um, and, and is a dynamic playmaker. But what's most important is being that all-around back, and I think Ezekiel it probably gives the Cowboys the best chance on every down, whether it's blocking, running between the numbers, um, and doing things like that. So, I mean... I think they're doing it correctly, but I'm sure you guys are the experts. And you, <laughs> I don't know if we're experts well, or not, but we well, debate. Well, we for don't sure. agree, but clearly you yeah. agree with me. Well, so, um, sorry. the numbers <laughs> and the eye tests. Yeah. Uh huh. 
two plus two. Yeah. I'm going to go look into the data a yeah. little bit further. That's, we can, that's what he does. And, and we can pull that out. We can take a look at, you know, some of the things like, um, you know, maybe time to throw for Dak, um, total amount of pressures, things like that. Maybe um, how often uh, Ezekiel Elliott is in the backfield uh, blocking instead of going out on routes or, or running compared to Tony Pollard, people like that. Hey, a lot of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, how old are you now? What, 25? 26? Yep. Right? You got it. Yeah. So, you, you know, I've, I've got a 23-year-old that just graduated college, and, you know, they. I, I'm thinking about where you are. You graduate. You play in the NFL a little bit. Now you have this job. What, what was your degree in? Did you ever yeah. think this would be your career no. a couple years out of, out of school? No, I definitely didn't. And uh, I came to Alabama not really knowing what I wanted to do. I was actually talking to Christian earlier about, you know, wanting to maybe get into communications or PR or something like that because I always wanted to do something like this. But ultimately, I decided with marketing got my master's in marketing which lends its hand to this I mean it's all about selling a story selling a product whatever it might be um, and um, you know I, I really focused on marketing things like that but I love doing this and I and I got this opportunity through the NFLPA's externship program and um, you know I scrolled through the list of companies and consequently zero was at the bottom because it was listed alphabetical <laughs> so you know I looked at everything so nobody else made it that far down you ended up with a gig <laughs> no I, I was looking I said no 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 and I was like Zebra. Okay, I know we do the player tracking. You know where they wear the um, our little trackers right here in the shoulder pads. There's one in the football. I know that from playing. Um, this is really interesting. I, I would love to learn more about that. And I spent three weeks learning all about our business, the enterprise side, the NFL side, and I was sold after that. I knew. So my wife and I just had our first son. Ah, congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. And I knew at that moment that um, you know we needed to settle down as my. Uh, volatile NFL career for different teams or or whatever uh, was coming to an end I knew that I wanted to uh, take this opportunity and run with it because this was just incredible okay awesome. you gotta you gotta take us behind the curtain just real quick yeah. on Trayvon Diggs yeah he just couldn't catch right is that the problem <laughs> no that is certainly not the problem I remember specifically <laughs> whenever Trayvon came in as a freshman um, you know I'm a couple years older than him and uh, one thing that I, was very apparent to me because he started out as wide receiver um, and he was just killing people off the line of scrimmage great feet um, um, you know, ran really good routes, attacked the ball really well, and that's something that not every receiver naturally does. He had natural skill, and it's probably because he grew up with another good receiver yeah. and probably learned it from him. But um, <laughs> that was one thing I noticed is, you know, he really did a good job that entire freshman season and, you know, during training camp. And Coach Saban says, you know, I want to move you to corner. And I'm thinking, like, what? Like, why? Like, you see how good he is at receiver? And that's, like, a good understanding of why Coach Saban has our best interest in mind. That's been an incredible move for him. I mean, you know, yeah. the amount of interceptions he had this year, the success that he's had this year is really just a testament to his coachability. Again, the type of character that he has and the foresight that um, Coach Saban has to know what's best for his players. So, you know, honestly, a great job by the coach. Great job by the player, and that's a great story. That's great for the Dallas Cowboys now. Hale Henchett's with Zebra Technologies. Appreciate the insight, man. This is very interesting. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I appreciate you all uh, just letting me get to come on and talk.